guess. No, I, yeah, I just don't like, I don't like uh, intros. Be, why? Why don't you like intros? Like the intros could be like that's like like you know, welcome to the unnamed uh, podcast. Like where blah blah blah, we introduce ourselves and then that's like we do a little banter in the beginning and then you get into the conversations. It's like beginning banter. It's like the hook, like the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Why can't this just be the hook? What? Like just us talking. Uh, uh, have you been recording this already? Yeah, I'm recording I this mean, already. Well, this isn't. <laughs> this is an <laughs> intro, though. This All right. t- this counts as an intro. Welcome to the generational divide. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, like something about it doesn't. Like, I could put like a little intro, like in the beginning, going like, "Oh, welcome to the generational divide." Yeah. Uh, and this is with your hosts, Steve Flores and Jason Pasigan. There you go. All right. Okay. There. Now we've officially started a minute into recording. <laughs> See that, but the thing we did, we talked about that counts as like an intro, you know? Yeah. You know that that counts. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, what's on your mind? What's on my mind? I watched I had the opportunity to watch these two amazing movies. Doctor Strange and Ah, uh, Mul- no, you're going to spoil it I'm for not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil. <laughs> no spoilers. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Okay. <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and Everything and Everyone All at Everything and Everywhere All at Once. Uh, I want to see both of those. I will say they're both multiverse-based. Ah, uh, multiverse is very in right now. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's, it's hot. It's <laughs> been like it's like, s- it's like vampires 10 years ago. I will say that Everything and Everyone All at Once did multiverse better than Marvel. Okay. So I liked a lot more. So that's been on my mind. And basically, I've been just been wondering, like, dang, every decision, even big or small, really does matter. So I thought going into the movie, I'd be like, okay, maybe it would make me more decisive. But going out to the movie, I was like, hmm, I can't tell if I'm more decisive or indecisive with my decisions, you know? Okay. Because every small thing matters. Like, you know, us doing this podcast not like an hour later could make everything change. What do you mean by everything? The butterfly effect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a movie called The Butterfly Effect. Yeah. It's basically like it was Ashton Kutcher. I don't know if you guys know who Ashton Kutcher was. Is that a girl? No. It's, <laughs> a, it's actually a dude. Oh. He was in like that 70s show and then he did like some oh, movies. Oh, Yeah. Anyways, he um, like, yeah, there was one where he like, I forgot the basic premise was he figures out a way to go back in time. Mm-hmm. And then so he decides to go back in time to fix one thing. Right. Oh, yes. And then he gets pushed back forward. And then when he gets pushed back forward, he f- realizes that that one change screws up like 10 other things. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like one little thing, one little decision can change everything. Yeah. Even as something as simple as putting a paper in a different place can change everything because you never know. Okay. <laughs> it, it can. So let's just say I place a paper on the floor and I don't place it there. I, that paper has the possibility of blowing somewhere else, starting a fire, someone slipping on it. And if someone's slipping on it, the way they slip on it is a bunch of different variables as well. Mm-hmm. The person slipping on it could just like oh, have a tumble and be fine or crack open their skull and bleed everywhere and die. That, that's another thing. Or it literally just could slip and then get ripped in half and the person doesn't even fall, you know? Okay. There's so many different possibilities in that one paper being placed on the floor. And that's how many possibilities we have in life. So let's just say, you know, we did this podcast an hour later okay. or an hour earlier. So you would get home at a different time. And you know, you never know what happens on the drive home or drive home for me. We uh, Lots of different variables could happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, so yeah. 
All right. So here's like the 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 bigger question is what um what does it matter then? It all matters. <laughs> like I get that that idea. I like the idea of like all right, it matters what you do. Yes. Right? So uh, like I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Okay? But the the only issue that I have with like multiverses is that it like it's kind of like, um, like we already have a hard time keeping track of one what if, and that's called re- reality, right? Uh-huh. Like, how do you keep track of like a hundred different what ifs? That's why every decision matters. And that's why <laughs> I've been going crazy. Like, I don't know what to do with this, this or that, you know? Yeah. Like, you understand? Yeah, I get it. Like it's, uh, and especially when you're young, like you see that, that indecisiveness a lot. And, uh, but it, you know, I guess with time you start to learn that it really doesn't matter what you do. The only thing that matters is that you do, right? Just do something, right? And um, because the way I look at it is, as everybody wants to find the the thing that they're good at, right? And they want to find it like right away. Yeah. And you see people like kind of get impatient with it. Like, oh, I don't get this. I don't get it the first time. So I'm just going to give up or I'm just going to quit and you know try something else and then you you know before you know it you like you know barely dipped your toe into like a hundred different things and then you still don't know what you like but if you really want to get a true experience you have to go in all the way meaning you have to like once you get some little bit of resistance you just kind of keep going keep going keep going until like you see an ending to it and i was kind of the same way uh, you know even throughout like college i remember i used to have this uh, professor named dr fitzgerald and uh, every day I would come in, you know, not every day. It was like, you know, once or once a week or so, you know, he'd ask me like, oh, like, what are you what are you into now? And then I tell him like some new thing that I would want to do after I graduate. It's like, oh, I want to be a chemical engineer. Or like, oh, I want to be like a patent lawyer. Or, oh, I want to do, you know. And, you know, after like a few weeks of this, he was just stopped me. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like I've heard you want to do like five different things. <laughs> and you you haven't done anything like here's here's like the advice that you need is do one thing and then do it all the way right and then once you've done it all the way then make a decision yeah but the problem is what is the one thing i will do all the way <laughs> because you know okay yeah we okay i'll just like i'll do it like in the movie the movie like version of it like Okay, let's say I let's just say that I want to go to the STEM field and I want to go to the English field. This is all theoretical. This is not true. Okay, so let's go say I have a choice to do the STEM field or the English field. And you say do one thing really good. All right, let's just say I go to the, the STEM field and I end up in debt, failure, and with horribleness. But in a different universe, I chose the English major. And I have a rich, famous, and I'm a famous writer. I have like all the monies in the world, you know? Okay, and it's like, ooh, multi, like the, the multiverse way, the movie logic we're using. It's like, see, these are two branches in the in the universes. So which, and in reality, we can't see which one's the best option. Mm-hmm. So how do we choose which one's the best option? And we're saying theoretically that I have the same love and passion for both of these things. Okay. So how do we choose which one will fulfill us the most and not end us in crippling debt, but rather, good riches. Okay. <laughs> well, then that's like, all right. So your two options were become a writer or 
what was the other one? Engineer. Or become an engineer, right? And yeah. then, I mean, there's an easy answer to that. If if wealth is your your plan, you like engineer is like the safest bet, right? Like if you look up uh, the top paying jobs, at least this was true, like when I looked it up like five years ago or so, yeah. like, all right, what are the top paying majors? Right. And then they'll they'll give you like a list of 10. And it didn't matter what list you looked at, like nine out of the 10 ended in engineering. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it was like mechanical engineering, aeronautical engineering, chemical engineering, nuclear, you know, engineering, you know, like. And so it really uh, like it's the safest bet. And in English, God, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how many people that are famous writers majored in English. Like, I, don't, I, I think that might be like somewhere near 50 percent <laughs> like, i mean that's like the, honestly the scenario, like, that's like the idea of the scenario though like like it's it's unknown like i yeah i told i may go in the stem field but i still end up failure because that's still a possibility mm-hmm. and then english it's like oh less like more risk but like oh i still made it you yeah better in that universe. and then but then there's like like you're just looking at it at one layer of analysis. Okay. Right? Well, then let's just go general. Let's say my life just sucks. <laughs> I'm yeah. a STEM major. Like, I'm, no, I, I I have I'm poor and I live in a shack with alone and I don't even have cats or dogs or nothing. No one loves me. I'm alone. Okay. But in the English major field, I have a family. I am rich. I have lots of pets and dogs and animals, and I'm I'm just overall happy. Okay. So the difference in timeline, see? Yeah, I guess so. But how do you know what makes you happy? Oh my gosh, this question. What do you mean how do I know if it makes me happy? Yeah, like how do you know like one thing will make you happy? You know, like like I used to think Well do you, wait, hold on. So you th- you think if, if I live in a shack alone with alone with a job that pays me nothing, I'd be happy? Like, no. Like Exactly. I'm asking like kind of a like a more general question of like how do you know like what makes you happy? Well, I know because I know me. How do you know you? Because I during COVID I had a soul searching area of like the things I want in the future, like Jason Pasigan's ambitious ambitions, hopes, and ideals. Okay, so what are what are your ambitions? <laughs> My ambitions, well, I thought I wanted to be a STEM major, but right now I'm like I don't know. I just want to go in the science field. So I know my ambitions is either to become a teacher, teaching science and some sort of science. Um, an engineer or an environmental scientist, one of those two. And then for adult Jason later on in life, I'd like to have, you know, a wife, maybe a kid or two, a dog living in a moderate, nice house in a nice area in America or out of America. I'm not sure. And yeah, I think that'll make me happy having a loving wife and some children, you know, I I think that's like, you know, making me happy. Yeah. It's like the right person. You know, what's interesting about that is like, all right, I agree with, like the, it makes sense to me. Like having like a loving family makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to want that. Right. Uh, the other part is like, uh, or let's just stick with that one. Like, why is it that it's like most people, I'm not talking about everybody, but most people, you pull like nine out of 10 people, they're probably going to say, oh yeah, having like a loving family is a good thing. Yeah. Right. Now, why, what makes that? a good thing as opposed to like, Oh, I just want to be by myself for the well, rest of my life. I mean, that's not bad either being alone with the rest of life. It's just teach their own. This yeah, is I guess so. But why is it that like the numbers would be skewed? Like if you take a hundred people and you ask them like, all right, would it be better to, 
live by yourself, right, for the rest of your life, like just be uh-huh. like a, a bachelor for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or would it be better to uh, like eventually like get married and having have a loving family? Well, if we look at it like in a general way, humans are like uh, social animals. So mm-hmm. that makes sense to why people, you know, want to do it. But like obviously not all humans are the same and genetics and DNA and not all of them have our own wants and desires. So I think that's why the numbers are skewed because I guess maybe like DNA wise or like implanted in our brains i don't know the right term to use but like it's ingrained in us to be social like you know to have a wife someone that loves us someone to support us rather than to be like individualist individualistic i'm not saying that's wrong i just saying it's more common because you know it's kind of like ingrained in us in an early age because well all people have to like you know be born from some sort of parents you know yeah so like we're ingrained at a young age where oh we have a parents a family maybe not necessarily like depending how you're raised you could have a loving family or a non-loving family but both can equate to wanting a family of your own if like if the child with a non-loving family who was like in the adoption system let's say and just couldn't find a family to like live with they could yearn for a family of their own so they could um, provide what they want to the children like give a childhood to um, a child that they didn't have you know i'm (laughs) Give their child a childhood that they didn't have, you know? And then right. for the loving, like, one that already grew in with a nice family, it's like, oh, I like this. And I like how the way my mom and dad or whatever family member made me feel. And I want to give that same opportunity and love to my own children, you know? Right. So then what, you know, you also get the opposites, though, right? Well, yeah. Obviously. Like, the opposite is like, oh, I, I grew up with a loving family. I kind of don't want that. i mean yeah i mean it's super rare but it's you know it's possible and then you also have like uh, and you know this is where where we start to get into like the personality trait called agreeableness and i think agreeableness might might be connected to that idea which is um so let's just define agreeableness agreeableness is like how willing you are to like um like please others or how much does it hurt you when you do something that's displeasing to others, right? What do you mean by that second thing part? So, like, let's say that you, uh, okay, let's say you're in a meeting, uh-huh. right? And, uh, you know, you have a bunch of people talking, and then one person says something that, like, you just know is not correct. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we all have probably been in, like, these kind of meetings. Like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that doesn't make sense. Now, an agreeable person is just going to sit there and go, like, you know, like I'm just not going to say anything because I don't want to cause a problem. Yeah. Whereas a disagreeable person will like raise his hand or stand up and go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, what you just said right there makes absolutely no sense. Right. And they'll call people out on, on their nonsense. Yeah. Right. So if you have like an agreeable person or a disagreeable person growing up in either one of those situations, like they're going to turn out like probably a little bit different. So, for example, uh, I'm a pretty disagreeable person. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and, you know, sometimes like you know, like students don't like it when I just kind of call them out. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Yeah, like, that's not right. A lot of people hate that, including <laughs> me. Yeah. But, you know, like it's just like one of my personality traits and um, you should change it. I sh- <laughs> yeah. It's like changing like the size of my big toe. Yeah, you know? it's possible. Genetic engineering. What? No, it's not. Yeah. They could go into your big toe DNA and make it grow bigger. Oh, okay. That's not really a thing, but... It is. <laughs> How do you, like, know that is? Because I'm in science. I've never heard of anyone doing that. Like, oh, I'm going to make my big toe bigger. 
You know, you don't know people's wants and desires. Well, I may not know, (laughs) but I know that's like, okay. Anyways, like, uh, so if you have somebody that's like, like, like my situation, right? Yeah. I grew up in a chaotic household. Both my parents divorced, you know, there was like a lot of like, uh, you know, our parents using us kids up, you know, against each other and, you know, like calling each other's liars and you know, like, it's just like a, like a lot of chaos. Right. But I'm highly disagreeable, which means that I look at that situation and I go, yeah, I'm not interested in this. Right. I'm not interested in, in this chaos. I'm not interested in, in like this craziness. I don't want, I don't like this. Right. And, um, and then, so my disagreeable side just goes, all right, you're going to do everything possible to avoid this from happening to your family. Right. Yeah. So I invested a lot of time in, you know, finding out, you know, what type of person I have to be to have to be in a loving family. I invested a lot of time in choosing like the right partner. I invested a lot of time in, in figuring out like what are the right ways and wrong ways of raising my kids. I read a lot of books. I, I invest like all this time and research to just like avoid, you know, divorce, avoid, uh, you know, bad mouthing my partner, avoid, yeah. you know, like, like just to avoid all that stuff. Cause I'm like, no, nah, I hate that. Right? Avoid all the drama basically. Right. But I've also seen people that have grown up in like nice families, you know, like well-to-do families who, you know, have, uh, everything that they need. Everything is given to them. Right. There's like no lack of love, but they're just like a really disagreeable person. And then they look at that life and they go like, this is boring. I'm bored. <laughs> and right? they seek the chaos. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to seek the chaos. I'm going to rebel because this sucks. Right. And I'm like, I, I need something interesting to happen. Yeah. And nothing interesting has ever happened. And then they take like what was a peaceful situation and then they make it chaotic. Right. And so both of those exist. And like the crazy, the craziest part about like having kids is like, I can see it right in my own kids. Like one, like my son, super agreeable, you know, like, like he cries if he, if he thinks that he hurt you, Uh right? Like physically, like he's just like, gets all quiet. He gets really sad. He's like, you know, he just starts tearing up. My daughter is like, like the exact opposite. Right. She's like, oh, you take this toy away from me. I'm going to swing at you. <laughs> right. I'm going to claw your eyes out and I'm going to pee on your grave. Like, <laughs> I, like <laughs> you Is know, that what why I mean? you have a black eye right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Just, you know, I shouldn't have taken that cookie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the price you have to pay. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> but this is like, like, this is the thing. Like if I raise them both the same way. Like I could wind up like, you know, doing a really good job with my son and a really terrible job with my daughter. Yeah. Right. And that that's the hard part. And that's the hard part to kind of like translate to children is like, all right, I'm treating you guys differently. Right. And it's not because I, w- I love you more. or I love you more. It's that you're different people. Yeah. So treating you the same way that I treat, you know, like treating you, treating the same way that I treat her not you know it's not good it's not gonna work out right it's yeah. like if i want to do the best job i have to like differentiate like i have to like treat you guys differently yeah because they're different people right. you know yeah and even in the classroom that's what i do is i treat everyone differently you know i don't treat everyone the same on some people i'm like a little bit more harsh on some <laughs> people i'm a little bit nicer True. and it's because i'm trying to 
like look at their personalities and their personality traits and go like and adapt to that and go like, all right, am I dealing with a disagreeable person or am I dealing with an agreeable person? I, I have some advice for you. You should be nicer to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should be a lot nicer That to makes me, me want to be meaner. Yeah. So, okay, okay. Because I'm disagreeable. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, question. So, what, what kind of student do you think I am? Agreeable or disagreeable? Or uh, both? Ooh. Oh, uh, I think you're pretty agreeable. To tell you the truth. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> In the heart of hearts. Because I know like that. I see you like I see you like set yourself on fire to keep your friends warm. Like I like that I Ooh, like I yes. see you doing that all the time. And uh and so yeah, that's agreeableness right there. Yeah, but it's like I'm trying to work on that. I feel like I feel yeah. like it's a project progress. Yeah, for sure. Like we're all try- we all have things that we're trying to work on. Like my like my disagreeableness, like I understand that about myself and I try to do better to be a better person than do better just that yeah but like if you know sometimes i fail and i just like i just get too mean sometimes or i get too (laughs) brutally honest sometimes and uh it made me cry the other day yeah yeah. that was one of those times yeah like you know i'm working i was working where was i working i was working here and i said something to some no i was working at uh uh at one of the other schools, like I think it was like Laguna. Yeah. And I had said something that I probably shouldn't have said. What'd you, know? you say? Like, What'd you say? And so What'd you say? You know, one of the <laughs> like one of the students was uh asked me like, Oh, what was like the lowest grade in the class? And I and I just like I just burned I was like, That's not three percent, you know. It's just yeah. they just didn't, didn't do well. And uh and then I got it called in to, <laughs> to the front office and had a whole meeting about like how you know i shouldn't be discussing grades in public oh my gosh. and i was just like like i didn't say like oh jenny got a three percent you know like yeah. i said like the three percent was just like the lowest grade in the class like you know you know and it could have been for a wide variety of reasons i didn't say like oh jenny you got a three percent you suck right <laughs> you're never gonna like improve uh, you should just give up on chemistry right now but you were thinking that though right <laughs> <laughs> No, like, uh, well, <laughs> uh, you know, uh. sometimes I have horrible thoughts and, but I try to keep that, like, like from that I learned, okay, like don't discuss grades with a Like if somebody gives you a question, you don't have to answer it. Uh, like when we always ask you if you have ever done drugs before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you still do. My answer never is it. always going to be like, well, there's no good that can come from answering. There's that all so, so much good that could come from that answer. <laughs> no, I've thought about the possibilities. There's nothing good that can come from answering that question. You could be more relatable to some students. In the no, class. because like, no, it's not <laughs> like you got to think about it on, on other levels. Like here's the, the, the other level is, all right, if I say yes. Uh-huh. Right, then I'm endorsing drug use. That doesn't necessarily mean you endorse it. That just means you've tried it, and you could disendorse it. Be like, yeah, I did, uh, I did a uh, X Y Z one time, and it made my life horrible. So don't do it. But we just our question is, have you done it? We're not saying do you promote it or you know denounce it. We're saying, have you ever done it, Mr. Flores? Okay, that's that's getting into shady territory right there. Shady, I, I think. Because there is an implicit like, oh, you should you should try this or you shouldn't try that. And legally, I could get in trouble for like that kind of stuff. And let, so, let the record show he's never answered these questions. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nothing good that could come from it. I guess. Uh, there's also uh, like if I say yes, then that's a tacit like, all right, uh, you guys should try it, too. If there's if I say no. Right. 
then I don't like I don't think people will say like or I don't think my students will say like, oh, I can trust him because he's never done drugs. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Guess, like, yeah. like, yeah, like like people are going to be suspicious of that. Like, really? Like never like. Like, I don't once. know if this guy's ever telling me the truth, right? And if he's not telling me the truth about this thing, what else isn't he telling me the truth about, right? So you rather us just be in a constant state of limbo? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, because it's like, well, you know, A, it's like, like, that's my business. That's not really your business. I guess. Right? And then B, go make decisions for yourself. Yes, decision making for yourself is key. Right. It's called autonomy, right? It's just, you know, just decide like what, what is it? And people have a hard time deciding because because the multiverse through their. Oh, yeah. It's because of the multiverse. Right. Mm -hmm. It's because they go through a life of everyone else making decisions for them. Right. And that's and that's the thing is, is either you make a decision or somebody else is going to make that decision for you. Yeah. And usually you should make your own decisions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You should make your own decisions. And. You know, like an, an example is, you know, and you see agreeable people like falling into this all the time. Oh, no. Because they go, oh, like, you know, like, you know, Bobby's going to come up to you and go like, hey, man, like, I really need help. You know, I'm going through this stuff with my girlfriend and I want to <laughs> talk to you. And then, right. And then, you know, uh -huh. uh, Trisha's going to come up to you and go like, oh, my God, Jason, what I need is I need help studying and I need you to help me. And yeah. Then, uh, Ricky's going to come up to you and go like, Jason, I, <laughs> can you help me stretch? Like I'm feeling like really tense right now. Yeah. And, and so and then they'll all ask you on the same day and you say yes to all of it. Yeah. And you say yes to all of it if you're agreeable. Right. Mm -hmm. Which means that either you're either a going to have to let somebody down or B, you're going to do all three things, but extremely poorly. Right. Or, or there's a third option. You do all things, all three things extremely well, but you're burned out for the rest of the day and the day after that. Yeah. So then what good is, or what good are you then? Exactly. I'm just saying there's three options. Yeah. Okay. So there's the, there's the other option. Exactly. The option I didn't think about. Yeah. Cause trust me, I've experienced this. Yeah. An agreeable person would have experience as an agreeable person. I am. I have experienced this. So I know that third option all too well. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks, you know? And, and so like, yeah, and that's, and that's other people making decisions for you. How? Because right? it's your because choice to you, do it or because not. Because it's your time. Uh -huh. Right. And, and so if you, you know, don't decide to block off time for Jason, have like a block of Jason time. Yeah. Right. Then other people are going to take that time. But it's my choice at the end of the day if I do the thing or not. So it's still in my hands. I just can make bad choices. <laughs> yeah, you can make bad choices. Well, either way, a choice is being made, right? Yeah. Either by you or by somebody else. Yeah, it's my choice. But it's like, if we bring back, bring this back into the multiverse area, okay, we could... See, this is this is how my brain works. I Like, unironically, I don't think of, like, it as a multiverse, but I always think of, where does this lead? Like, if I do this thing or this thing, where will it lead me to? Okay. I always look into the future. I'm a very future-thinking person. I try to live in the moment, but it's like at the end of the day, it's future thing in person. So we could put an example, this podcast. I see I could be doing it. I could be doing a number of things with this time, but I choose to do this, this one. Mm -hmm. And I choose to do this because I'm like, okay, where can this lead me? I, li I like Mr. Flores. Like he's a cool person. So and I'm enjoying doing this, but where overall will this lead me? Like, is it leading me anywhere? Benefiting me in any way? 
always think of something with a benefit or a non-benefit, whether it be an emotional reward or a physical reward. Like this right now, it could lead me to, you know, real rewards later in life where I could, you know, be a talk show host or something else with, or something professional, a podcast or something like that, right? But this also gives me an emotional or like, I don't know, a non-physical reward of, I you know, I actually enjoy doing this. I'm helping you out with creating this and, you know, I like creating this myself. So in this sense, I get both possible rewards. Well, I'm already getting this, the guaranteed reward of satisfaction with doing this podcast, doing this podcast for you <laughs> and I. But I also have the possibility of being a physical reward where this can, you know, lead to some greatness somewhere along the line. And I guess help if we do the specific examples you said with helping people, I generally say yes to it because I have a passion for helping others, like whether it be community or like just friends or whatever that like you see me all around school helping different people. I'm helping you right now. Well, it's like we're helping each other. But like, you know, it's because I have a passion for that, you know, and I get that reward of of relief where it's like oh you know you just help this person like you could help them have their day better like you know you aided them in some sort of way you know like mm -hmm. you get what i'm trying to say and then i guess in other things you look at the physical reward too and it's like oh if i do this this can happen you know so when i do it i usually think of the rewards rather than the consequences you know because I'm like, oh, I just can endure that consequence. So, like, let's say the consequences of helping Bobby with his girlfriend or and helping massage um, Jeff and helping Trisha with her math problems. Like, doing that all on the same day, I could help, I could help Bobby and his girlfriend be in a better place relationship-wise. That's a benefit for them, and I feel good about myself for helping them. And, you know, they, they invite me other places and stuff. But at the and then for Trisha, she could get an A in her math problems. And, like, I, I'm also helping myself practice her math, but I'm helping Trisha with math. And then massaging the other person, I'm helping them with their back problems. Like, you know, they're having problems, and I help them, you know, uh, massage it. And you, like, people will recognize, oh, Jason's a person they can rely on. And then maybe the, I could rely on them for other things, too, you know? But it's also, the along with those benefits, it's also my personal benefit as just an individual of me liking how to help people. So, yeah. but I don't look at the consequences, which is my downfall, where I get burned out very easily. And then once the burnout comes into play, I get more and more tired. And I realize, oh, everyone's starting to piss me off or, oh, I don't want to hear about Bobby, Bobby's drama today. I get more irritable, irritable and irritable until I explode. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... Then there's like the question, right? Is like, do you want to live your life like a roller coaster? No. Or do you want some more stability? Stability. Right. And stability means you have to figure out time for yourself. Yeah. Even when people ask you for help. Yep. Right. That's and and this is and this is one of the things that uh, I wish more people understood is like by saying no, you might suffer some relational consequences right yeah trisha comes up to you and goes like i need help with calculus uh, right if you just go you know what this next hour it's my time i need it you know if you want i can help you you know after the hour or tomorrow or some other day but this is just my time right you know maybe she'll be upset with you right yeah but once she goes and thinks about it right like what's going to go through her mind is like, well, I asked 
so like, you know, Jason for help, right? He said no. But why did he say no? He said no because he needs some time to himself. Yeah. And I get that, right? Sometimes I need time to myself, right? And maybe I shouldn't be so mad at him, right? And the next day she'll come up to you and go like, sorry, I was like under a lot of pressure, you know, and, you know, I may have like stormed off and been angry with you, but, you know, it's really like, it's my, it's my fault. It's my responsibility to take care of this stuff. It's not yours. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, she's going to respect you more because you're, you're in charge of you. You're in charge of your own time. Right. And this is one of the things that, that I'm the Dr. Strange to my multiverse. That's right. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's the thing is like a lot of respect is actually gotten from saying no. And that's, and that's something that, that's like kind of counterintuitive. So if I say no to you, like, oh, so, okay, let me give you an example that happened. So let's say you're giving out tests to students and the student, one of the students who is taking the test says, no, I don't want to do the test. So you gain respect from that? Uh, depends. Depends. So give yeah, me, give me like, both versions. So, okay. Student says, uh, I'm not going to do the test. Right? Yes. And then proceeds to sit there and put his head down. Uh-huh. Right. Like my instinct is like get furious. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's just like my personality. I don't know. But now I, am I going to explode on the kid? Probably not. If he puts his head down, I'm probably going to, you know, ask him, you know, take him outside and go like, what's going on? Is there something going on at home? What's like, you know, because yeah. there's probably some other issue. Or if I can't go do that because we're in the middle of the test, I'll go like, hey, do you want to see like, a, do you need to talk to somebody? Do you want to talk to a counselor or, or do you need some help right now? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, 50 percent of the time they'll go like, yeah, I do. I do kind of need to go talk to somebody right now. And then I'll just, you know, call up the counselor and send them up over there. And then, you know, they'll, they'll talk about whatever it is that they need to talk about. Or yeah. sometimes, you know, they'll ask, you know, if they can talk to me. And so we'll go outside. We'll talk. And. And, uh, uh, you know, but then like, there's the other kid that goes like, nah, like I really, like I have my AP, you know, test coming up AP calc and I kind of want to really need a study for that in this class. I'm just kind of taking it for fun and, you know, so I don't really need this grade, but you know, can I like schedule with you like another time when AP tests are done to like get it done? uh and make it up you know, you know then that's like a different kid and i'm like okay yeah they, they have their mindset on something else and even if it's like non-academic i still have like a lot of like respect for it you know like oh no like you know i'm kind of like i kind of i'm happy with the grade that i have and uh you know um i'm nicholas and i need to like play my instrument because that's like you know I yeah. need, you know I, that's what i'm gonna do in the future that's what i want to you know and then i'm like oh, okay yeah, kind of get it. Kind of respect that. So you're saying this whole year I could have said something like that and not taken a test? Yeah, I mean, I would have failed you, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, you know, I respect your decision. But you fail me, but you respect me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're that's, like, that's fair this, enough. This is what I wish like more kids understood is like, all right, uh, how like my grade that I give you has no bearing on like how I feel about you. Right? Like some students, like I am kind of just disappointed because I see. I see possibility. Like I see like, oh, they try on this test and don't try on that test. But on the test that they really tried on, it seemed like they got it. Like they really understood it. Right. Yeah. And and then so what I see is like potential. And then I see the potential get like wasted. And I wonder a lot of the time, like, well, why is that? Like, why is that potential 
like being smothered right now. And you know, like 90% of the time, well, maybe not 90, like 80% of the time is because they just got stuff going on at home or they got stuff going on in their personal lives or they got, you know, like there's like just a wide variety of reasons why they're not like succeeding. Yeah. You know, and I even had a, a you know, a talk with a student today of like, Oh, Hey, look, I noticed that when you try, you do really good. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you don't try, you don't like, you know, you, you more often than not, you just don't even show up to class. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know, but you have potential in you. And so potential energy, like my question is like, all right, what are you going to do after this? And he just tells me like, Oh, well, I was going to go to Mount Sec, you know, and get my grades up and then go to college and become an engineer. And I tell, and, and so my response to that is like, well, what's the magical thing that's going to happen between now and when you graduate motivation like what yeah like like that's what people think they just think that oh once i turn 18 all of a sudden i'm gonna somebody's gonna hand me a basket of motivation and i'm just gonna use that for the rest of my life i wish it turned in like yeah. that <laughs> yeah but you that's, know what you know what i did on my 18th birthday cried for 12 hours <laughs> okay there you go right <laughs> where's your basket of motivation uh, i mean it came in march yeah okay Post spring break jason yeah post spring break jason but you, you, but you see what I mean is like your habits that you have right now, uh, you're just going to have them once you turn 18, they're going yeah. to be there when you turn 19 or when you turn 20. But if you can start making little changes to them and everyone can do a little change for the positive and you just like, like add those up on top of each other, you stack them up. Yeah. Right. Then you could wind up in a position where you're like, Oh, Oh, Hey, like, like I'm doing much, much better right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm in a much, much better situation. Right. The, al- the alternative universe me is still like, you know, putting his head down in class and failing everything. But now I'm like at a C. Right. Yeah. Or I'm like at least making some kind of progress. So the student I was talking to him and I said, like, well, what, what's, what's going to change? You know, like and he said, like nothing. I'm like, yeah, nothing. Nothing's going to change. Right. When you turn 18 or when you graduate or when you start going to Mount Sac, nothing's going to change. Right. So, um, so you're the thing that you should be focusing on now more than anything else is what is going to motivate you. Right. Yeah. So like what, like what, like what is it that that's going to propel you into the future? Think about anything that you've ever done in the past. Right. Right now. You, me. Yeah. You like think about anything that you've ever done that you've been proud of. Okay. Right. Before you did that, there was something to motivate you. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And usually that thing that was motivating you was bigger than just you. Yes. Right. It's like bigger than, Oh, I'm just doing this for Jason. Cause <laughs> yeah. I love Jason. Right. Yeah. Right? It's more than that. It's more than that. Right. And that's true of, of all motivation. Right. All like most people motiv- get motivated because they want to do something bigger than themselves. And it's like that book that I tell you guys about Viktor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning, where he just like, all right, he's in he's a Jewish guy in German in Austria, I think, when, you know, the Germans invade, he gets sent into a camp. Everyone gets starved. Everyone gets overworked. Everyone. They're not discriminate. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people die. Some people continue to live. Remember the story. Right. And the difference between the people that died and the people that lived hope was hope or was something that's bigger than themselves. Yeah. Right. 
that and something that gave their lives meaning. Hope and meaning are really intimately tied like that. And for one guy, it's like, I just want to see my daughter again. Right. For mm -hmm. another guy, it's like, oh, I just want to finish this book that I started writing. For another guy, it's like, I want to look and remember all this and write it down and bring it to the world so that this does not happen again. Yeah. And those are the people that survive. And the people that died didn't have anything. Right. They didn't have anything bigger than themselves. Right. Or their hope runs out and, you know, there they go. They just die. And it's amazing to see that, okay, everybody's sick. Why is it that this sick person dies and then that sick person lives? And the difference between them was their hope. Right. Yeah. And so, and that comes from something bigger than yourself and trying to do something bigger than yourself. So I was telling him like, you know, the story of Victor Frankl and what he saw. And I'm like, and so that's a, that's a thing that you need to think about. Right. Like, why do you want to study engineering? Like, seriously, like, why do you want to study? Like, what's the bigger thing that you're trying to do with engineering? Yeah. Right. Because if you don't know what that is, if you can't figure out what that is, then guess what? You're going to go to college and you're going to fail again. Right. And but you have so much potential within you. There's so much potential inside of you. Right. Well, and all you have to do is just unlock it by finding that thing that that motivates you, that thing that's bigger than you. Yeah. But I think people fail to. Maybe people have realized what's motivating them, but they don't have the drive or the will or the want to get to that point, you know? And I think people think they just could, you know, lazily like walk on by, reach the finish line and not and still get the goal that they're motivated to get. But, you know, as I say in this class, before creation comes destruction. And <laughs> okay. I'm going to make this work. So they're going to see that there are ways failing, which destroy, like it's destroyed their like opportunities for do X and Y or other things. It destroys, you know, maybe some relationships. It destroys like their way of living destroys something. They're going to see that destruction. And that's where they create the change that is needed. And to build the hope or build the small changes that lead them to their ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I think like what you said, like before all that um, creation, like all that hope and stuff, you have to get destroyed in a certain way yeah, in order to be created like that. And I think the thing about the hope and a higher power being like something to live higher than bigger than you, I think, well, I, I this is a personal thing. I think hope is the single most power, one of the most powerful things, but also one of the most destructive and dangerous things ever. Okay. <laughs> All right. I kind of want to hear that. Like, why is hope destructive? Not destructive, but dangerous. Okay. Wh well, what makes something dangerous? If it leads you to a bad area, bad place. Right. Which usually involves some kind of destruction. Exactly. Right. So, like, what's the relationship between hope and destruction? So, there's something called false hope or hoping for something too much that's not okay. going to happen. And in doing so, that hope or desire can blind you, your judgment, because you could be wanting to get something so bad. Let's say I want to go to Harvard so bad. It's my, well, that's kind of a bad example. Let's just say I want this, I want this girl to fall in love with me, like no matter what. And I have all my hope and desire set on her falling for me. Mm -hmm. I could, even though it's like so clear that she's like, doesn't want nothing to do with me. I could still have that hope and desire to go after her, which could lead me to destroying relationships with other people of mine, destroying myself, giving up all the stuff I have, and also, like, you know, 
looking like a creep to this girl. And (laughs) all of that could be blinded sided by the, I'll just say, rose-tinted glasses of hope that, in this example, love gives, you know? I could be blind to all the things that I'm doing or, or recognize them and just not care and push them to the side, all due to hope. And yeah. that could destroy a lot of things for me. Okay. You, like, you see? And then to tie this back with the multiverse, it's also <laughs> like, okay, how do you know when to give up hope on some things and also, or back up on hope or to have hope in something else? Because these are decisions you have to make that can lead to all different outcomes, you know? Right. So, and I think the thing that media and stuff makes more dramatized about the multiverse is that they think that one little step is going to change everything, which I think can happen, like, is a real thing. But there's also, like, factors that can make you, like, predict a certain outcome. So, like, if I if I choose to help Bobby with their homework or just be, like, or curse Bobby out saying, no, I don't want to do your homework, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, just saying, oh, no, I have something to do. Like, those have all have indications of where that's going to lead like little indications of okay if i curse bobby out he's probably never going to talk to me again if i punch bobby we're probably gonna fight and i'll probably get hurt or if i help bobby um you can help him with his math problems or if i just say no in a respectful way nothing will happen at all it's like yeah all these things can have dramatic differences in your timeline but in reality like in, in you know reality not fiction there's always like little indications of where things might lead you you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah. So what what do you think about my hope talk though? Like do you agree with that it could be destructive too? Uh yeah, like that's a that's an interesting area. Like there is something to that to like wanting something too much, right? And um and a lot of the things that we chase, the more we chase them, the the more they run away. Right? Yeah. And you know, like you know, that's true in relationships. Like if you, if you like a guy, if you like a girl, the more you chase them, the more they tend to run away. Mm-hmm. That's true with happiness. The more and more you try to like chase happiness, the more and more it disappears and the more disappointed you try, you start to be. Yeah. And so, you know, like wisdom is figuring out what are the things that you're going to invest in your time on where like those other things are a byproduct, mm-hmm. right? Like, what are the things that I'm going to do from day to day that are going to make me happy, right? Without having to chase the happiness themselves, right? So, like, you know, something like that's along the lines of finding something that you're constantly trying to get better and better at or that you're constantly trying to improve at or that you're trying to to make something more, right? If you have something that's like that and something that's creative, then by just pursuing that and working hard at that, the happiness just kind of comes in as a result. Yeah, I agree. Or as a, yeah. as a byproduct. You're not chasing the happiness. But it makes you happy in yeah, the process. Right. You're like chasing, all right, I'm trying to get, like what you were saying earlier, I'm trying to get better at this one thing. And then by focusing all your energy on getting better and better and better, the happiness just kind of tags along yeah. with it. Yeah. And that's for sure. Like that's, um, yeah. So it's interesting to, to see those things and how they play out. And, you know, even like with relationships, right? like, you know, don't chase the other person. Have them and chase you. Yeah. Like in the way you have other people chase you is that you try to be the best you that you can be. Exactly. Yeah. We also don't want to, you know, make them chase you too much because then it's like, you're being a rude person. 
Okay. All right. Let's call it there. Okay. Can you press the button? I'll do the outro. Okay. The, the, no, no, no. The, the, the echo button. Oh, oh, my gosh. All right. Okay. This has been the generational divide in the multiverse of madness with Jason Pasigan. And Steve Flores. We hope you had an amazing time in this multiverse. Who knows? This podcast may have changed your life for the better. Or worse, the multiverse is weird like that. So if anything, you listening to this could have made you rich or could have made you dramatically poor. (laughs) Catch you guys later. See ya.